Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Livinio to Levy. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Hello, folks, all over the world. This is another exciting episode of Livinio to Levy, and I am Temu Virtanen, your host, and I have a really special guest today, as he is the youth bib winner, Max Novak from Team Ramudden, Sweden, and he had an amazing season last winter. Welcome to our show, Max. So how are things in Sweden? Hello, thanks. Uh, great to be here. Things are as uh, pretty much everywhere in the world, I think, but uh, we're having a a nice autumn, uh, weather-wise, so um, yeah, can't ask for much more. So Max, it is indeed a fall season and the winter's uh, pretty close, We're not that long before we start the season, but let's go back and, uh, uh, and, and talk about the summer a little bit. What kind of a summer did you have it was a little bit different of course because of the pandemic and all the things but i think training went pretty well this is like my first year with uh, my uh, coach matthias Rek. like uh, from the summer last year i had him from like november actually after the um, the the premiere yeah it's been exciting and he's like really detailed with all the planning and uh, i've been able to cope with that and uh, yeah, I feel like I'm uh, going for another good season. What have you done this summer in terms of your training? What kind of trainings? I've been uh, actually done uh, a few things differently. I've, I've been like going uh, almost uh, exclusively on roller skis, uh, classic and uh, double polling, of course. Uh, not very much running, like a little cycling and uh, yeah that's uh, that's almost it <laughs> uh, a little bit more uh, precise if we if you kind of think about your trainings and and how much have you changed from last year you have a new coach now uh, in, for example the in- intensive levels is it more intensive now or more uh, endurance we're going for uh, I'm doing quite long trainings, but with uh, short intervals. That's like the the main uh, the, the main thing you can say about the training how it's how it looks. Um, a lot of like uh, 30, 30, 40, 20, uh, 30, 15, and those uh, types of intervals where you work and then like uh, rest uh, half the time. Um, as I said, uh, very much roller skiing. Quite a bit uh, skier as well. That's uh, it's been a really great compliment. Uh, actually, very much to those short intervals because you get like instant feedback and uh, don't have to worry about uh, reaching a downhill, which ruins the the interval. What about the long trainings? Do you do the what they call the Vasalo Pass quite a lot? Mm, you know, like hundred k, and you do yeah, like sprints. almost almost every training is like a Vasalo <laughs> No, but I'm going like uh, 50 to 90 kilometers per training, uh, three to five hours. Um, and in, in those trainings, I, 
what I meant like with uh, long trainings and short intervals, that's like a mix. I do the intervals in those uh, long trainings. So I can start with uh, intervals after the first hour and then I continue skiing. And then in the end, I can do another type of intervals after three hours. And then like the last uh, 30 minutes, I do like sprints with, uh, with a little rest in between. And you also mentioned that you do quite a lot of cycling, correct? Ah, just a little bit. That's just more for fun. It's not like for the training effect. I, I think I, I think you gotta be pretty pretty focused on what you want to be good at. I mean, if you look at our sports, uh, not very many do like uh, run, uh, or, or I mean, uh, do like other types of uh, training. Uh, as much as uh, cross-country skiers, if you look at cyclists and uh, runners and swimmers, they do almost exclusively just uh, their thing. And uh, I feel like we're doing, uh, especially if you're a tradi- traditional skier, you like going skate and classic and double poling, and then you got to go running. That's like almost the majority of training, the running for most people. And then you have cycling, and some people are uh, kayaking, and yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's not very much time like on the thing you are uh, actually like competing in. And we have a great uh, what do you say? Yeah, we have roller skis, which is a great like solution for for that. Unlike many other sports like alpine skiing, they they can just be in the gym during the summer. You're right, actually. That's uh, that is quite interesting. I have actually thought about that uh, quite a lot. You know, why do mm-hmm. we skiers tend to do all kinds of sports? Uh, like you said, like the runners run, swimmers swim, but cross-country skiers yeah. we do all kinds of things. Why? Why do you think that is yeah. uh, the reason? Uh, actually, I think that's like uh, ties on to my uh, uh, what I said about the roller skis because maybe I don't know thirty years ago. You, uh, you didn't have roller skis that were that, maybe you had roller skis, but not that great. They were not like uh, this great complement as the roller skis are now to to skiing, you um, or a substitute. I mean, so um, yeah. Then then uh, I think a lot of people were just uh, running very much, and they were great runners, um, the cross country skiers. And that's like, I think it's tradition. Uh, it's just kept on uh, going that way. And uh, yeah, too few people have uh, been like asking questions like, why are we actually doing this when we have when we have roller skis? What kind of wheels do you usually use? Fast, slow, or do you change them? Um, I think I've been going <laughs> the whole summer with the same... Uh, same wheels, not same, not same roller skis because they are <laughs> they've gotten worn out. But I go with Swix, uh, Swix twos uh, almost exclusively. Um, I don't, I don't feel the like uh, urge for going for the like tougher, like with the, the freeze or uh, even more because um, I, I think you gotta tr- do it like. Just like with the roller skis that you have like a great substitute, then I think 
the the one what uh, that's most uh, close like the wheel uh, wheel type is like the two because you can uh, have like a pretty um, similar speed to what you have on on snow and um, yeah you gotta train what what you're uh, gonna be good at so and uh, when we're competing we're going pretty fast so if we can go fast on roller skis I think that's a good thing for the everything like muscle memory and uh, yeah i'm not a fan of of uh, the slow skis <laughs> now that's very interesting actually because as you know there are all kinds of uh, you know opinions about it and some people tend to think that you know slower skis you know build a little bit more muscle yeah. but muscles but and then then again others say that like you you just said you know that you actually need to have fast skis to kind of mimic yeah. the you know the movement that that uh, you guys have on on snow as well yeah. which is fast pace yeah, that, that's, yeah yeah that's how i've been thinking about it and uh but, but of course i'm i'm skiing a lot at the stadium uh, ski stadium in Östersund, which is uh, really tough so uh, i get quite a lot of uh, altitude meters uh, every training and uh, if you're living in uh, i don't know flatter flatter parts of the country you uh, you maybe want to do the trainings a little harder and and if you're not uh, like if you're uh just a hobby skier and uh, don't have four hours a day you can uh, uh you can be training then you maybe want to get more out of it and uh build up the strength and then that that i think is a good thing yeah i'm not a fan of going uh, i've not been going to the gym a lot i've been feeling the, that i want to do more skiing and get quite uh my muscles get quite uh, tired after after gym so i don't think it's worth it i was actually going to ask you about that because i remember that you okay. have said that you have said that earlier that you are not really a big uh, fan of of you know the uh, the gym training <laughs> the, uh, the strength training or I, I am like a fan of it but not in that way that i do it a lot i i think you you need to have uh, have it but uh when you reach a certain level maybe i don't think you can get so much more out of it and i think i i reached that level pretty like early i was uh training a lot with my uh my buddies uh they were go alpine skiers uh, when i was uh in the ski gymnasium and uh they were really good in the gym and uh i um i trained with them a lot and uh yeah built up a pretty good strength which i've been uh, able to uh, yeah convert to double pulling strength so you mentioned earlier that you haven't used running as a training method that much and some people still do that quite a lot like the Auckland brothers always been really good runners and a lot of Norwegians mm. uh how come do you st- do you think that you don't really need that much running or or you just as you said all uh, skiing is compensating yeah, it I, it's uh i don't think i need it that much um as i said with the how i thought about the training uh overall like you get trained what you're what you want to be good at and uh then i don't know <laughs> i feel that i'm uh not at the highest level at, uh, of running right now so i, I don't think i get uh, very much out I, i had some problems last year I, I was running until the autumn, but then I kept getting uh, 
uh, some problems with my uh, calves and uh, yeah, since then I've been like doing it it's been like uh, gradually disappearing from my training uh, training schedule what's the uh, it seems to me that Roller skiing long ones are, of course, something that you really enjoy. But what is probably the training or the uh, the exercise or workout that you like the least? <laughs> like now I'm just doing roller skiing almost exclusively. So uh, I don't think uh, there's so much to choose between uh, what I don't like. But if, uh, if you look at like what, which interval forms I don't like or something like that, I... Um, tend to uh, there's not very much I dislike but you know it's gonna be a hard day when uh, when you see the program and you have uh, a lot of short intervals on the ski area like like I had uh, actually this morning I did uh, uh, four sets with uh, 11 uh, times 30 seconds with 15 seconds rest and uh, had to uh, maintain a certain watt level. So, uh, yeah, that was quite tough. So how many hours do you drain in a year? I think last year I had something like uh, 850 hours. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not that focused on, like, we're, like, planning uh, with uh, my coach. Uh, we're planning, like, week to week, maybe. I don't have the like big picture in front of me all the time. It's not like this year I want to be uh, training this much. It's more I, I, I rather focus on uh, what I want to be, what, what I want to develop and uh, get better at. And um, then uh, in the end, you'll see how many hours that has uh, given you. Um, but, uh, right now, I'm I'm training uh, twenty to twenty-five hours a week and. Uh, I'm going to maintain that uh, pretty pretty long into the uh, winter. And uh, during the winter, I'm training pretty much. Uh, so that's uh, that was a big change too last year, actually, or last season, that I was uh, kept a high uh, volume during the, during the season. So it seems a lot of things have changed. Uh for you because of your new coach but how do you guys work together what's the what's your cooperate cooperation like i can take it from the beginning i i was at a he was talking at the at the school for the the university in uh i think the bike uh, cycling club had invited him uh to talk about training and uh yeah his uh, role as a coach at uh the UCI team in cycling, uh, Trek Segafredo. And I, I was not really into cycling. I'm, I think I have, hadn't seen a single stage of Tour de France or anything like that. But I just went on, uh, maybe I can get something out of this. And uh, already during the, his talk, I, uh, I realized that this, is, this can be something uh, we can uh, apply on... Uh, on skiing and the long distance skiing because it's uh, more similar to uh, his uh, way of training than uh, yeah the traditional skiing is to long long distance uh, skiing so uh, i contacted him and that was like a month before Valsaloppet and uh, i actually made a plan out of his 
talk and ideas and uh, I sent him that plan and he like uh, changed a couple of things and uh, then I uh, continued and uh, trained um, according to that plan and uh, then I got to Valsaloppet and uh, came 33rd and uh, from there on I've been uh, doing the long distance uh, races because uh, after that I went with uh, Ramadan gave me the chance to ski Birkebeiner in it and uh, yeah now we have a communication like uh, I think every day uh, we are chatting and uh, sometimes we call each other and we have this uh, great uh, training uh, pla- training planner that I use in uh, cycling and uh, yeah you can uh, see a lot of uh, you can see all the planning and you can uh, also communicate in that uh, it's called uh, today's plan actually the, the site so he, since he's a cycling coach did he have any kind of a previous experience in coaching cross country skiers or did he know enough about the sport mm, no i think uh, he's uh, he's like uh, he's been in a lot of podcasts uh, both before and after the, I started working with him, and uh, of course after we started working, it's been uh, he's getting questions about the cross country skiing as well, and he's saying that he he didn't know anything actually, but uh, we, we uh, discussed a lot of things and uh, came to the conclusion that uh, we we just try to apply the cyclist way of uh, thinking about training to uh, cross country skiing with. With of course a, a few changes, but uh, yeah, when I came down to Livigno last year and like uh, two competitions in a row because I was skiing the Premier in Sweden uh, in Gällivare before, and then we had two competitions in the Livigno, the Prologue and the Pro Team Tempo, and then uh, the week after I looked in the training calendar and he had uh, planned like 25 hours of training. Uh, on high altitude in between competitions so that was quite i was like uh, a little like uh, uncertain if that's uh, gonna work but uh yeah then uh then we went to venosta i got my fifth place so uh never felt i never felt better so we i think we found something that's good yeah, definitely. It seems to be working out really well. And you're teaching him, uh, of course, about cross-country skiing, Abisma Ski Classics and and so forth. But uh, next we will talk about a little bit of your history, of course. I think we talked enough about training uh, but we'll, and also the last season because you performed yeah. so well. So, Max, last season, it was really, really good year for you. Uh, you performed so well. Did it surprise you that you were actually so close? You almost got on the podium. Not quite, but you were right there, knocking on the door. <laughs> I don't know. I, I uh, felt really good during the summer and autumn. And uh, I had been to the Blink Festival and uh, uh, the roller ski race, like 60 kilometers. And I got ninth with like... Uh, beat like Ivan Iskren and Ustihugov and a lot of uh, long distance skiers and uh, I think Morten Pedersen was in front of me and not very many long distance skiers uh, more than it was more traditional skiers in front of me uh, 
So, uh, and that was quite a shock because I really hadn't uh, anticipated that. Yeah, then uh, training went on and uh, I felt I um, was like developing all the time. And uh, then we had this like uh, Swedish premiere in, uh, for long distance skiing in Usha. Uh, I think we skied like uh, 16 laps on a pretty tough course on uh, man-made snow and uh, I got second behind Oscar and uh, yeah, I felt really great at the race so I started to get like uh, a little higher hopes but then uh, you never know what it's uh, what it's gonna end up with uh, when you ski like for real and uh, there's much more at stake yeah the week before Livigno I skied the Swedish premiere and uh, 15 classic I think it was, uh, or I was a uh, eighth Swedish skier, uh, which uh, I never been top ten uh, in a Swedish cup, and in Swedish cups you don't have uh, the World Cup skiers, so that was like a huge uh, step uh, forward. And um, yeah, on top of that, I managed to uh, to go home with a fifth place in the sprint, uh, where I double pulled and. Uh, yeah, I, and I, I hadn't really been training for uh, any of that, even though I have a lot of uh, short intervals. But yeah, that wasn't my focus. So I just uh, happened to <laughs> do, uh, make those results. And uh, yeah, so I felt really good coming now to Livigno. I think I was uh, a little eager to because I felt uh, I felt really great the days before. When we started racing, I was pretty offen offensive and uh, I went for the sprints and the climbs and everything. And then in the on the last lap, I I was a little bit tired, so I uh, I think I ended up in the 18th place or something, which was still a, a big personal result, uh, best. But uh, I had the green bib at least. Uh, I could say that your eagerness was uh, quite uh, noticeable, you know. <laughs> you, you tried on everything yeah. pretty much and it really offensive, as you said. But do you think that maybe that cost you a little bit here and there because yeah. you were too eager? Uh, yeah, in Livigno, I think uh, if, I hadn't, if I had been uh, like uh, laying low and the climbs, uh, especially the climbs, I think, the first climb, I think I could have coped with the with the uphill better, but uh, also I think I developed my uh, uphill skiing a lot during the season. I wasn't really, if you look at the videos or the races, you see that technically it's not that great. So uh, that was something I worked on very much uh, the weeks after. Yeah, that gave results. But and then the like sprints I went for it wasn't really. <laughs> I actually said to uh, team manager Gustav Kofkin that. Uh, I I don't want to go for the sprints and stuff because uh, I want to I want to have a good result and uh, go for the youth bid. That was like my goal for the season. It was it's a lot of downhill to the sprint in Livigno, like the green sprints. And uh, yeah, I had I had really good skis. Uh, I had that all season, I could say. Much thanks to Gustav. And uh, yeah, I got in a good position and then I just uh, went a little for it and. Uh, First time I wasn't really trying and I got a fifth place. And then second time I had such a good position that I just uh, 
sprinted a little and uh, that gave me the, the sprint bid with one point. Let's talk about your team, Team Ramudden. Uh, you mentioned Gustav and you you said, you know, that you always had good skis and we know how much uh, devotion and time Gustav puts into you guys and your and, and his team. But Ramudden, what kind of a team do you guys have? I think we feel like a small team, or at least we did uh, last season, that we were like, we had Lina, who was the... Who's the boss like <laughs> of uh of of the skiers uh she's like the one who's won Vasa Lopet and uh yeah she's the one we we can uh, get inspired of they were just uh all the other youth skiers so it's a pretty interesting setup but uh no it's great with uh and Gustav I mean uh we're having help from people from time to time, but he's like always there and uh, doing the like um, the big decisions uh, for waxing and everything and uh, going to the captain meetings. And so he's like real essential. And uh, yeah, the waxing just been amazing. I uh, I have had really good skis. Like I think every competition I had, I had really good skis and. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good at uh, using that as well. So uh, that's been really great to not have to worry about that because uh, you've been like preparing and doing all your best. And uh, if you can uh, let go of the the stress of uh, like um, um, choosing skis and uh, not knowing if you're gonna have uh, some problems with that, that's uh, that's really good for us. And uh, I think that's why. We had such a big success, or that's like one factor to it. And we're having a lot of fun also with uh, with all the guys and girls. So um, all that uh, sums up in a really good team, I think. And based on all the interviews that I've done, uh, conducted with you guys, I know that you have a really special atmosphere. You can share ideas and things like that. It's a very safe, safe place to be. Can yeah. you... Uh, Shed a little bit of light on that. We uh, we hadn't spe- spent very much time uh, with each other before the season. We were away on some uh, competitions, but I think everyone feels uh, I don't know how, but we're a good mix of people, and uh, we're uh, living closely when we're out uh, on the competitions, and uh, yeah, we're making food together and. Uh, going out, eating in restaurants, and uh, yeah, it's just, uh, we're enjoy- enjoying ourselves, and uh, that's important too. So before the season started, uh, was the youth bib your goal, or did it become your goal once you started racing after Livigno? No, uh, actually we had some, uh, we had a kickoff with the team uh, in order last year, and uh, we were gonna post uh, free uh, goals to to ourselves that we we're gonna open uh, after the season. And uh, yeah, I wrote down that I wanna I wanna win uh, the youth bib. So uh, that was like uh, an ambition. And I mean, before the season, I didn't really know. I, I mean, you have a lot of strong guys like uh, Emil Persson and Tule Sjöfta won the. Uh, youth bib the year before and he was still in the game and 
Stian Berke won't clear the sloppet really impressively. Um, and uh, yeah, so and Magnus Westerheim and uh, yeah, so we were there were a lot of guys that were older than me and uh, had made really good results. So it, w- it was a really high uh, uh, goal and I've been like always setting pretty high goals uh, for myself and uh, but this is I think this was the first time I really achieved uh, the goal that I set before the season. I feel that um, this is the first season where I really live up to the goals I've been setting and my my ambitions. That's a big, uh, big motivation for next year. As you just said, you know, the field was really strong in the youth competition. So many good skiers out there. But can you describe that a little bit, you know, throughout the, the season when you faced your opponents? Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, <laughs> Emil uh, came into the season and won. Uh, Emil Persson and uh, won the first uh, competition in. Uh, yeah, just uh, sprinted, sprinted from the bunch, and uh, yeah, that was like I think that was uh, for me that was um, I hadn't really thought about like winning and stuff before because. I was uh, new to the business and I had a 25th place as best before. Uh, but when Emil just went and won and it looked like uh, <laughs> it almost looked easy for him, that's something that uh, you get a you get a feel that that you can win and it's in, it's possible and uh, it really inspired me to mentally shift focus from just. Uh, being content with being, I don't know, top 10 or something to uh, um, be offensive and uh, dare to dare to try to win. So since you were a bit rookie, you know, when you stepped into the arena uh, last year, uh, just before Livinio, did you feel a bit nervous about ski classics or just just went in all guns blazing? I was just looking forward so much to the season. Like, I've been mostly competing in... Uh, the Nordic countries before. Yeah, this was like coming out to Livigno, great weather every day and uh, just focus on the on the competitions and then uh, yeah, just visiting new places and um, yeah, it, was, it was great. So uh, I'm not I'm not uh, normally nervous before a tr- uh, competition. I feel like I've done the job if, uh, and uh, there's not too much to be nervous about. I mean, I've thought about that before because uh, I've like always had a tendency to not be very nervous before competitions. And I think uh, it has something to do with uh, the fact that I uh, played the piano uh, when I was uh, younger. When the school ended, we had a big, uh, big ending in the church with a lot of people, and I was uh, every year I played there and. Uh, that was much, much more. <laughs> that was much worse uh, and uh, more stressful than uh, competing ever has been. That's one of <laughs> the reasons why I don't feel so nervous, actually. We'll get back to that piano a little bit later on when we talk about your <laughs> history and, and, and your background. But uh, what do you think is your greatest strength as a skier? If we put the competing aside, I think it's... Uh, Training-wise, I um, 
really like feel a satisfaction in the in uh, accomplishing and uh, following a plan that I really believe in, which is what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, I've been doing the last year, and uh, if I really believe in it, I uh, I tend to do it uh, very punctually and uh, just following every every step of it, uh, doing it really really focused, and that has given me uh, yeah different kinds of strengths like uh, I have a good sprint uh, but I've also developed uh, the uphill skiing very much which I see uh, now I see that as uh, one of my weapons actually uh, I would say and uh, yeah I think before we went in the season like the season I felt that I was more and more around and could like this game good in Vaslopet where it's uh, very much flat and it's long, but I also could uh, deliver on shorter competitions where uh, the terrain was harder and on altitude. So yeah, that was, I really uh, surprised myself actually with that. Before I knew I had a good sprint and that was like uh, what I what I saw as my strength, but. I think this is a good time to take a moment and listen to the other bib holders and find out what they think about you as a skier. Hello, this is uh, Stjernberg, skier at uh, Team Kaffebryggerie and uh, overall winner of the sprint competition uh, season X. Uh, and the start weekend in Livigno was my first time I met uh, Max. For me, he was of course the hardest uh, competitor in the sprint competition. Uh, but I think it's more impressive that he managed to get some really good uh, results in the end of each uh, competition and also won the Yoth bib uh, after Rasaloppe. Uh, Max is uh, extremely fast, but uh, it's how long time he can uh, manage to keep up the high pace and push uh, nearly max <laughs> that uh, impressed me most. For me, it's uh, been uh, hard enough to try to be in the peloton after sprints, but for Max it looks uh, so easy and uh, that's pretty frustrating but of course also impressive and uh, it gives me uh, a lot of motivation to keep up uh, the work to try to beat him. Morten Edebedersen, uh, winner of the climb uh, bib. My f- I first met him end of last season in uh, Iceland. We did this Fossavatn ski marathon and just get to know him a bit there. During the season, he showed really good skills. I see Max as a very offensive skier. He's both young, good capacity, pushing full throttle. So it will be interesting to see him in the future and how he can improve when he gets a couple of years with experience more of the race. I think he will bring a good fight both for sprint bib and the yellow bib in the future. Hi, Andreas Nigor here. I must say I was really impressed and surprised by Max last year. In the beginning, at least, he beat me in every race, I think. And uh, he showed from the gun that he was here to not only participate, but to 
trying to take over going for every bib there was and uh, this year maybe Max will be the best Swedish guy in the overall ranking and uh, with his speed and his tactical skills I think it's just a matter of time when he will be able to claim his first victory. I wish him the best of luck and I think the the sky is the limit for Max. So Max, how does it feel when you listen to these guys when they talk about you, Stee and Andreas and Morten? It's really humbling. I uh, yeah, I mean with uh, Stee and that's uh, really great to hear and uh, I think we're going to have a lot of more uh, duels next uh, next winter. Yeah, Andreas is uh, I think he's, he could count as a legend in the sport now with uh, all the champion bibs. And uh, to hear that from him, that's um, that's big. And um, yeah, Morten, of course, he's been in the game a long time and uh, such a all-round skier with uh, a lot of um, achievements. And uh, yeah, they are, uh, they are all some the pe- people I've been... Uh, looking up to and uh, taking things from uh, like uh, technically and uh, inspiring to hear. It seems to me that Stian is actually uh, looking up up to you because he was so amazed uh, uh, <laughs> by your ability to, to sprint so fast, but still uh, to be able to stay in the lead group and do so well overall in the races last season. Yeah. Yeah, that that was uh, that was great to hear, and uh, I was feeling great uh, during a lot of uh, the races we uh, we did this season. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if you look at uh, his season, he had uh, he, he won the sprint uh, sprint bib, which was uh, and in Barcelona, where he where he like went from uh, we went from tied but uh, I had uh, started with a bid because I had one more sprint the race he did in Vasalopet with uh, taking both the sprints and then uh, then cruising into a, I think it was a top 20 place that was uh, that was really impressive I and mean, we was in a breakaway the whole day still managed to do that and that, that is how I think uh, more his uh, his level I think he was uh, like in the races, uh, actually underperforming what his capacity is. I mean, he won uh, Klara's Loppet. That was, uh, and that's like 90 kilometers. And uh, then during this season, he he was really good in the sprints, and uh, but uh, he struggled with uh, the races. So uh, I think it was really great for him to get uh, that result in Valsloppet. And I think he's going to be uh, even more uh, lethal <laughs> next year. And we will talk to him as well. We will have his uh, podcast out very yeah. soon as well. But speaking of the sprinting and the overall, do you think that uh, for the next season that you will be put more focus on just uh, the overall results and maybe tend to uh, skip the sprint a little bit? That was actually <laughs> my plan last year. And uh, I went for some of the sprint. It was not every sprint, so I, I like... Still, like, picked the ones I really went for. I mean, in Livigno, that was, yeah, as we talked about, I got a good position. Then Venosta, I kept the bib. 
Uh, then in Kaiser, I went for the first because I knew it would be a flat section yeah, down in uh, Loitash before we came back. And in the second sprint, I didn't went for it because I want to save uh, my energy for the uphill back to to the finish. Yeah, then that Diagonal, I didn't really went for them. I tried to pick the ones where I could uh, get uh, something out of it, a l- less effort. And then I was... Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, with me, who had uh, such a bad ranking going into the season, it's a great way to <laughs> to get in front of the pack in the start, to start in a, a, a bib, uh, a color bib, because, uh, yeah, you get to start in the front, front row. And uh, so... <laughs> well, that's a strategy that's, too, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was why I kept, like, going for it uh, before Vasalopet. Uh that was a really good, great feeling to like stand uh, in the front row before 15,000 people. Uh, so yeah, it, it was worth it. <laughs> so Andreas Nigor seems to think that you are pretty much ready for the podium uh, if you get your tactics uh, in place. Do you think that it'll happen this coming season? I have to believe that. I, I was uh, uh, really, really close and told La Cortina. Uh, I still don't know how Marcus came with that speed in the end and put me down to fourth place. I think I had uh, five uh, top nine uh, places uh, during the season. I'm quite close, but uh, it's still a step to be there and uh, deliver from uh, from week to week as uh, Morten and uh, Andreas are doing. But uh, hopefully I get closer this year. Speaking of Mordenade Pedersen, he seems to think that you have a bright future ahead of you, but you guys actually met, as he said, uh, in <laughs> Iceland for Savatn yeah. Mar- Marathon, which is our uh, challenger yeah. event. How was yeah. that race? How was yeah, that experience? That. Well, uh, the, it was uh, quite a rough day, actually. The, uh, we had great weather all around, but uh, then on the competition day, we like woke up to... And I heard like snow uh, and wind uh, blowing into the <laughs> windows, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we were more prepared for a, a spring day in the in the sun, skiing. Uh, <laughs> but um, it was uh, it was really cool to be uh, be in Iceland and ski. It was my first time outside of. Uh, Sweden, Finland, and Norway to uh, compete, uh, and uh, yeah, it was a really good uh, uh, field, starting field. So uh, it was really inspiring. I think I uh, ended up in fourth place uh, behind. Uh, I think it was Ivan Iskanen, Morten Pedersen, and uh, uh, ah, I don't remember the last one, but. Uh, yeah, the the competing that was fun, uh, and uh, of course also the the banquet. But uh, what happened there stays uh, stays there. <laughs> it's a great banquet, I know. <laughs> but it is as yeah. as I as I said, is it is a challenger uh, event. So what do you think about yeah. this this system that we have challenger events and you can get points from those as well? Yeah, that's really fun. Uh, it's. Uh, well, I've already like looked up uh, which uh, competitions I can go uh, in between uh, the 
the pro events this uh, season. So I think uh, was it Dolomit and Lauf and uh, König Ludwig Lauf were two I uh, um, I found uh, and uh, hope to hope to to ski this winter and. Uh, yeah, I think it's really added something to the to the tour, and uh, of course also for uh, all hobby skiers that it's even closer to the to the big events. And then what about the Grand Classics? Now we have four big races as a bit of a separate yeah. kind of the ground that's jewels. What I, that's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm training for. That's where I want to have my uh, my form peak. So um, I think it's been. Uh, like Vasaloppet, Birken, and the Serska Marcelonga, they've always been like a little bit bigger, but uh, now they uh, really get the, uh, yeah, they get elevated to this uh, Grand Slam uh, level, and that's uh, that I think uh, will add something to those races. And uh, the fact that they go, uh, they are in a row, those four, that's uh, that's really great because it's gonna be like uh, uh, like in cycling, you have a uh, uh, some uh, some competitions uh, like spring classics and monuments that are everyone want to win more than a little bit more than the other the competitions. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that. I think we can now leave skiing aside and actually talk about you as a person to find out who you really <laughs> are. So, Max, who are you really in terms of a human being, your background? You mentioned piano playing. I know that you have, you have your roots in, in the Czech Republic. Your parents uh, come from there or you, and you speak Czech as well, which is really interesting. Uh, so, let us know something about you. Uh, yeah, who am I? That's a big question. But uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, as you said, my parents are from Czech Republic. I've, I'm born in Sweden, in Gothenburg, actually. It's like a thousand kilometers south of uh, where I live now in Östersund. Yeah, I actually didn't ski before uh, we moved up here, which was in 2008. So I started skiing when I was uh, 12 years old. Uh, and did my first competition the day before my 13th birthday. So uh, uh, I was pretty late into the sport. And uh, yeah, my parents didn't have uh, a lot of experience um, in like competing on uh, on a higher level. Um, so uh, uh, I've always been like an underdog and uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that's what I've been feeling. And um, then, in, uh, yeah, when I was 13, I started competing more and uh, really, really started to like it. And uh, pretty soon I was uh, aiming for the ski gymnasium in, uh, in Åre. And uh, yeah, that became my like goal to, uh, to get in there, which I, which I did. So, uh, from uh, when I was 16, I got in there, and uh, yeah, four years there, I went from I don't know being maybe top uh, top third to uh, the last year I uh, got into the junior national team. So 
uh, I had a big, uh, big development during those years. How was that experience once you reached that goal? You were in the, in the national team. Yeah, that was like something I really couldn't imagine when I started skiing or even when I uh, started the ski gymnasium. That was like way off uh, where I was. But uh, yeah, then uh, I started skiing better and better. And uh, last year where I got in, I had done some really good results. Actually, I was a reserve, uh, but uh, one of the guys, uh, he declined they don't want to be a part of the junior national team so i got a place instead and yeah then i went on i had a really good season i uh, actually skied the world cup in stockholm the sprint you know um and uh, that was the last time that was uh organized so that's um that was really a great experience how did you do i, w I started last and uh Yeah, the tracks, uh, there weren't much tracks left, but uh, yeah, I, I wasn't on really that level uh, yet. Uh, so um, I think I, like, uh, 50, 60th place I ended up in. But it was a good experience. Yeah, it was great. Going around the, the Royal Castle, uh, that was cool. You mentioned earlier the piano playing and the kind of the nerve-wracking performances and sessions that you had yeah. to face. Uh, are you mu musically uh, gifted? I don't know gifted, but <laughs> I, uh, when I was like 10 years old, I played the cello actually. And then, uh, then I uh, left that and played the piano. Uh, and yeah, I was, uh, I was exercising that, uh, I'm practicing quite a bit, but uh, yeah, now it's been uh, less and less of that. But uh, um, yeah, it's a nice way to relax and just think about something else. What's the first song you learned to play on piano? The first song? Uh, Fudelise. Uh, Isn't that the one that people I usually... I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, something like Pomp and Circumstance, maybe. <laughs> What about music in general? What kind of music do you listen to? <laughs> Maybe a common thing to say, but I, I, I really listen to everything. I can listen from everything to classic music, to hip-hop and uh, uh, a lot of rock and blues. I think I got a lot of my uh, taste in music. Maybe not the hip-hop, but uh, the blues and rock uh, from my, uh, my father always playing that in the car so uh, yeah that's what I listen to a lot do you listen to music when you train mm, yeah sometimes uh, if I like go hard on the ski erg and I really want to push hard I uh, I have music yeah about your parents they yeah. as, as you said they come from uh, the Czech Republic but how was your childhood living in a in a kind of a bilingual family do you guys speak Czech at home Yeah, uh, we speak some sort of uh, <laughs> mixture of uh, Czech and Swedish. If you, of course, it's like hard to maintain a high level of uh, speaking of the Czech language when you're living in uh, Sweden. But when we're home, we're always talking uh, Czech and uh, yeah, try to practice that. Uh, 
when I like uh, this season was doing interviews and first uh, first it was maybe in English then Swedish and then uh, then in Czech. That I remember. Was, uh, <laughs> that was really hard <laughs> because uh, I mean it was it, it's almost uh, hard to do that in Swedish because you get questions in English and then answer in Swedish. But uh, yeah, the Czech uh, that was pretty hard. But uh, yeah, you you get into it pretty quickly. Um, yeah, it's great to have it when, especially now when we were in Iserska and I could, I could do the talking when we were with the team. How do you feel about that country? Is that like your second home? Do you feel, of course, you are a Swede, but do you feel that it's like very close to you? That you are like half Swede, half Czech? Mm, no, not not actually like like that because uh, we're there maybe like once or sometimes twice a year uh let's put it this way when i'm there with the family or uh, that then i feel more of a like a tourist because uh then we're all there as tourists um uh, yeah visiting uh relatives and uh but when uh, i was there now with the with the team then, then i felt more at home because i was the one who could yeah read the signs and talk to uh talk to the people the locals and uh, it was really great to come there and uh, ski in front of a Czech audience uh, there was uh, they knew about me uh, they had talked about me in the in their broadcastings in uh, Czech TV and uh, yeah you felt like you felt proud really that you, you had the heritage from Czech and uh, and especially since uh, they had so uh, great conditions there with the uh, i think they had horrible conditions like even wednesday before the competition but uh, then it started snowing like crazy and uh, on the competition day it was uh, yeah blue sky and uh, snow everywhere it was a nice day and uh, because yeah. it's it had been a long time since they had a day like that, and you guys got lucky. Yeah. It's a really, really a sunny day uh, on on that uh, Sunday. Uh, a word about your childhood. How were you as a kid? Were you like a naughty or nice? Uh, <laughs> uh, both. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think both. Maybe when the parents were looking, it was nice, but uh, me and my brother could <laughs> come up with a lot of stupid things. Uh, I actually, I was, uh, we lived in the Swedish archipelago in Gothenburg. Um, so, uh, till I was 12, I lived on an island, uh, with uh, no cars and maybe like 500 inhabitants. So, uh, yeah, that was quite, uh, or for us, it was natural, but, uh, of course that was special and, uh, something else. Do you recall any any kind of incident, any anything from your childhood that you can like to share with us? Something crazy <laughs> that you might have might have done and, and and are willing to share with us? <laughs> yeah, actually, when uh, when we were like I don't know, maybe ten years old or something, we had uh, I think during my childhood we had like one good winter down there in the in Gothenburg and. Uh, then it was um, ice on the on the on the sea between uh, in between the islands, so you could like go out there. And then in the spring, the when the ice melted, uh, that created like big uh, 
um, big chunks of ice, chunks of ice uh, that you could, <laughs> or we found out that you could like stand on. So we ran out there and uh, were jumping in between those, uh, those big uh, pieces of ice. And uh, when you look at it now, it was quite dangerous. But uh, if you're a child, you don't, you don't really think about it. <laughs> yeah, that certainly qualifies as a crazy thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> what about school? How were you yeah. as a student? I had a pretty easy time in school. Uh, maybe not in the first, like, or I didn't think about it in the when I was uh, younger. But then uh, in the gymnasium, I, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, you know what? It's quite a small school, so you know all the teachers and stuff. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I uh, I could focus very much on training and. Uh, do the school, uh, all the school things in uh, quite a, uh, a short time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was, uh, the last year I was uh, skipping a lot of classes to to be able to have a high high volume in training. Um, so uh, yeah, that was uh, lucky for me. I, uh, I managed to do quite well in, uh, in the gymnasium and uh, and now I'm uh, I'm studying a little bit of some courses in the, in economy. I think I'm still gonna study something uh, something more after the after I finish my career. Uh, I don't think I wanna end up in economy, but it's a good compliment to yeah. I I, I have a company that I have through my skiing, and you learn quite a lot that you can uh, you can use in your daily life. So. It's a good thing, I think. What about your company? And I know that you are pretty active. You also <laughs> organize some events and stuff. Uh, yeah. Can you just tell uh, us about that a little bit? The, I think it was uh, uh, my fourth year at the gymnasium. We, uh, me and uh, a friend of mine. I don't know how we came up with that idea. We were just uh, inspired by uh, some other events, but we wanted to do an event on. Uh, on one of our uh, favorite training places, which is called Hellberget. Uh, it's, a, it's a hill or mountain, you could say, with uh, an elevation of uh, 300 meters in 2.5 kilometers. So, uh, and it has a lot of history with uh, like a lot of uh, old time skiers uh, training there. So um, yeah, we, uh, we just started it and then it has grow, grown, I think, uh, from like the first year we had like 30 people and just uh, people we knew. And uh, then the second year we like made an event out of it and it, maybe 80 people came. And uh, yeah, now we had to postpone the event to next year because of Corona. But uh, last year we had... Uh, over 500 participants and uh, yeah it's a really really fun thing to develop and uh, and have on the on the side of skiing and uh, it, it's in the it's in the spring uh, also so that's uh, quite handy the spring bring being our uh, or our least training intense uh, period 
So when I listen to your stories, I, I must admit that you uh, you seem to be very very energetic and 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 full <laughs> of passion and and so forth. But how would you describe yourself as a person? Uh, I don't know. I, I will say that I like uh, I'm really driven by uh, my like uh, ambitions or goals. Or if I, uh, re yeah, as I said earlier, like if I really believe in something, I. I can do that uh, really like uh, like a maniac. I <laughs> I like try to just uh, complete uh, the things I, I've started, and uh, that's one thing. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty open to trying new things and uh, with Matthias Reck and uh, and a new way of training with a new coach. And uh, yeah, I think that's uh, something that is. Um, reflected on uh, more things I do that I uh, tend to tend to like uh, like trying new things and uh, I'm not afraid of that sort of passion and, and that it really drives you uh, forward but what is kind of your ultimate goal in the long long time in the long term in uh, skiing in skiing in life yeah. both yeah well skiing it's uh I think my biggest goal that that is winning Vasaloppet. That's uh, I think that's the greatest achievement you can make as a cross-country skier, uh, at least in Sweden. Uh, that's like that's the heart of skiing. Uh, I would say what drives everything uh, with uh, all the hobby skiers. That's what you talk about, and uh, that's like something every Sweden knows and. Uh, If I win that, I could. Uh, <laughs> that would really fulfill something, and uh, yeah. But then, of course, I want a challenge for the champion bib, and uh, but that's. Uh, I think that's a consequence of uh, if you're at that level, you can go for that. And then your ambition in life. Ambition in life. Right now, it's uh, mostly focused on skiing, and then. Uh, I'm very much living in that right now, so I don't really think about it. But of course, uh, in the future, you want to have a family and a house and uh, settle down somewhere. But uh, right now, I'm I'm quite uh, content with where I'm. I think we are pretty much have everything now. It's time to wrap up. And as a last question, how would you describe Visma Ski Classics to someone who has no idea? about the tour that it's the world cup of uh long distance skiing and uh it's the future of uh of skiing uh, on elite level i think and also for uh every every skier not just elite skiers that's what makes it so unique that uh both elite and uh and uh, hobby skiers can meet and uh Test your strengths against uh, the very best, and that's—I uh, mean, it's unique in the ski business, but it's also unique in the, almost uh, every sport. We don't have a World Cup where also recreational skiers can uh, can participate. So, um, one way to describe it, I think. That's well said. Really good point. Yeah. Th 
Thank you very much, Max, Max Novak, and good luck, of course, and keep training hard, and I think you will have a great season come the, uh, the new winter, the new season. Thank you very, very much once again. Yeah, yeah thanks. Uh, thanks to you, and uh, real fun to be here on the podcast, and uh, also, like, in general, the, the job uh, all you guys are doing with Visma, it's great, like, now we're having a podcast and uh, always like forward leaning and uh, coming with new things and uh, it feels like uh, it's developing for every year and uh, growing. That's going to pay off big ups to the whole organization. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.